Here we go. Brothers and sisters! Brothers and sisters! I don't know what this world is coming to! It's the Full Disclosure Show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first. We got Barbara Rich Green, Dick Dastardly, and Miss Lisa Lisa, the little lady in the house. How we doing? How we living? Hey man, it's, it's still Gemini season. Still Gemini season. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to all the Gemini. Birthday. Happy birthday, Aunt Janice. But uh, we want to introduce, we have a, a, a special guest from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, I believe. Author. Motivational speaker, podcaster, uh, Miss Kenya Young. How you doing, Miss Kenya? I'm doing great. Again, thanks for having me on your show. I'm really grateful. We appreciate. We really appreciate you. We love having guests. Anybody, you know, we we doing the Zoom thing. We can have people from all over. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it ain't no excuse. Y'all come on, come on on the show. So you go ahead and well, tell me. How was that? That's what, that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into this thing, man. And uh, we're going to let a, a topic that we've talked about plenty of on this show, topic that uh, I've talked about, you know, we talked about mental health. Let me show the book, Miss Kenya's book. Here we go. That y'all can see that. Entitlement of the Mind. And uh, you want to uh, get into a little bit what the book is about? It's actually a personal story. It's my story, but it's also an informational book. That's what's up. That's what's up. That you've enjoyed it. But it talks about my struggles with mental health, uh, bipolar, PTSD, and personality disorder. So it talks about how I was raised in foster care and the struggles of coming to grips that I was diagnosed and accepting it as an adult and living with it as a single mother and a black woman at that. It is a good read. I'll co-sign that. It's, it is a very good read. I mean, it's, it's very personal, and uh, you know, for you know, me myself, I suffer from you know depression at times, and uh, you, it's a lot to take. It's a lot of there's a lot of things in there. Thank you, thank you. Can I ask you what stuck out to you in the book? Well, let me. This one right here, because I'm only halfway through it. But this one right here, you yeah, you were institutionalized to dysfunction. Yeah, now, now let me say, institutionalized to dysfunction. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Hold on, we have we coming in and out. I was looking there at other go. people who have been to prison. That <laughs> Hold on, we have it in there. Oh, I think we lost it for a minute. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Okay, there you go, okay. Okay, you're going to have to rewind a little bit. Yeah, start from the beginning. Okay. 
first of all, raised by white people. It was thrown into the mental institution, and I kept wanting to go back to the mental institution. So I was being like molded into an institutionalized individual, and then grew up as an adult with an institutionalized mind. So I had dysfunction. Dysfunction and chaos was what I knew. It was all too normal. I mean, if there was no dysfunction, my life was not normal. It was something wrong if it, if it was peaceful. Does that make any sense? I know some people like that. What they say, I, I know she talking about so and so. I know, you know. He said he knows some people like that. Yeah, you know how people do. Right. And so at that moment in my life, I turned 34 and I knew something wasn't right. I'm raising children by myself and I'm like, this is dysfunctional. I can't hold on to anything. I can't complete anything. I'm causing fights, causing arguments, wanting to argue with men, wanting to argue with people. It, just, it was just chaotic. So I knew right then there that the diagnosis that I received at 15 was real. I began to research it, I began to look it up, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go get some counseling, and I'm going to go get some medication, and I'm going to get some help. So there's the reality of my story. That's, that's how I, I came to realize I was institutionalized in the mind. Wow, that's a great story, that's a great journey, and I'm glad to hear that you overcame your journey yes. and what you've been through. And I haven't, I haven't got a chance to read the book yet. I was waiting for him to get done. But it definitely sounds like a good read. It definitely sounds like something I can relate to in some ways. I haven't been in the foster home or anything, but I definitely can understand mental health and what it's like to go through mental health. And for, for you to even have the courage to even say, you know, I need help. There's something wrong. I need help. It's powerful in itself. I think that's a great move. Yeah, thank you. I will say this, though. Like, reading it and, like, talking to you today, it seemed like, you know, it's like, that that, that, that couldn't have been her. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, how you describe yourself before. You know, it's like, it's like night and day almost, it seems. You know, I've had a few readers tell me, Kenya, is this a true story? And I'm like, yes. Because the person that they know now in my personal life, that I have to give, first of all, God, I am creator. I have to give myself, you know, and the doctors and people that I, the therapists that I had for four years. And I had to realize that I can't sit here and help somebody else, not even my own children, if I don't realize something is not right. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, I am not the same person. I'm still growing. Mental health doesn't go away. You know this, right? Yeah. So I'm living with this with mental health, but the difference is I'm healthy, and I, I, I recognize it, and I accept it. I'm not in denial anymore. I think you read the chapter about denial, because I think that comes before Yeah, this. yeah. So I was in denial for a long time. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I wanted nobody to know. I was like, who's ever going to marry me? Who's ever going to date me? Who's going to be with me? Or, I, you know, oh my God, you know, she's crazy. And a lot of times we joke about that. We're like, oh, you're bipolar. I've even done it because it's something so, it's easy just to kind of rub it off and shake it off instead of dealing with it, especially in the black community. Yeah, so taboo to deal with your mental health and to even be mentally ill is so taboo in our, in our, in our community. Absolutely, absolutely. And then when you hear people say therapy, no one wants to go talk to people because in this society today, even talking to a therapist is deemed as, as crazy. Yeah. Or, or, 
of being normal. Like, I don't know what normal is. People say, you're, you're normal. What is normal? What does normal look like? Yeah, what is the baseline for normal? That is true. You know? Yeah. And I think one thing, too, that's before you uh, get into some, what's up, Patrick Bubbleway Cole? That I think now you're having a push, though. You know, a lot of people are understanding that you have to take care of your mental health as well as your physical health. You know what I mean? We talk, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned a lot in the book about spirituality, you know what I mean, and tapping into that energy. And I think nowadays it's like people are really starting to take that seriously and trying to, you know, understand, especially when you have kids committing suicide and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's a real thing. Like, it's, it's not something we can just brush over like we brushed over before. I don't think people are taking it a lot more serious nowadays than ever had before. I think part of that, I think part of that is because of how crazy it's gotten and people are expecting you to be mentally ill because of all the craziness that's going around. So, yeah, I do agree that, you know, saying that I I have a problem and I need help, it's not as taboo as it was back then, years ago. Right, right. And Lisa, I like what you just said about, like, especially with what's going on now and then what Eric said about spirituality. The reason I talk about that so much, I meditate a lot. Um, I have to, like I said, my brand is Liberate, Innovate, Empower, Liberate the Soul, Innovate the Mind, and Empower the Heart. I believe that we have to give in order to give back. You have to give that oneness that we all are, mm-hmm. all that love and all that power and all that strength that we have. No matter what you've been through, you still have a strength inside you. You still have a determination. And I believe we have to share it with the world in order to get it back within ourselves. The source. We are one with the source. Yeah. And so that, that's what I believe. That's what I carry in my heart is if I give back, then I get that back. Even if it doesn't seem like it sometimes that people are selfish, but even in that, you have to find the good even in the selfishness. And there's always good in everything that we go through. Yep, I agree. Patrick Boy Cup, he said, I'm just coming to terms with the fact that I need therapy. I'm nuts. Dick <laughs> 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 Dyson. Hey, man, well, to even admit that on Patrick Boy Cole's part is a big thing. You know, a lot of us that grow up with traumas and uh, traumas that are never answered. You know, there's some of us who have uh, had broken homes, some of us who've been beaten, molested, the whole nine, and we've never had any counseling or anything. You know, uh, your parents growing up in, in the black household, you know, coming up in the early 80s, late 80s, late 70s, 60s, they probably told you to pray about it. And, you know, it was it was never answered. You know, it's, it's still that thing that you it's, it's like a mental block. Uh, it may be uh, trauma dealing with racism every single day. You know, people don't realize that you could, we feel it. Mm-hmm. You go places, you feel it. It's, it's oppressive. It's thick. Um, it, police getting behind you. It's it, being black and having mental issues, and then having a stigma that you can't go see someone for these mental issues is is like is a is a dual edged sword. And it ain't even that you can't go. It's like you don't want to go. You don't want to go because right. you don't want that blanket yeah. on you. So Kenya, what what's your suggestion for people who are going through that, who've had past traumas? And, you know, they sh- you know, let's be honest, you're going to struggle in relationships. You're going to struggle with yourself. You're going to struggle with your self-esteem. It may make you narcissistic. It may make you selfish. It may make you accusatory. Uh, what, what should these people be doing? And, and if you can relate it to whatever happened in your journey and then maybe talking to others to, to make sure that they go seek mental help. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I 
I was just. That's a great suggestion. I think that it's, it's people still dealing. We deal with trauma every single day. Mm-hmm. I think all of us, I mean, all three of us sitting here, we have paths that, you know, certain things have happened that we've never really come to grips with. You know, with me being 10 years old, having two people come in and rob my house, beat me up and, and, and lock us in the basement. You know, that was one of the most traumatic things to me. I mean, that was the first time I ever had a gun in my face. Uh, but when the last time, you know, we deal, we deal with police trauma, you know, when the police stopped us yeah. and they used to abuse us and do certain things like that. And, you know, you build up this anger. You know, how do you deal with the anger, Kenya? <laughs> I have a chapter in the book about that, too. So, um, the anger is something that I have to work through. Um, I have to work So mine was, I was abused, my mother left me, which was rejection. 
and my father was in prison, so now I'm in foster care. I'm rejected, so now let me act out because you need to feel my rage and you need to feel my anger. And you know, the, the bottom line when we talk about therapy, you talk, I mean, we talk about this show almost weekly self awareness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, like, in my instance, you know, understanding that I was depressed was a big step because I didn't realize what I was, you know, I was just, you know, I was like a zombie almost. You know what I mean? I didn't realize that. I was having these feelings. I didn't realize that I was dealing with certain things. I was just living. You know, like you said, we had past trauma, and you just move on to the next, and you move on to the next, and you're not really aware how this stuff is affecting you. And so it's really the thing about sitting down and really becoming self-aware, like, oh, snap, I'm depressed. That's what, it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And understanding, why, well, why am I, oh, okay, let me go back to this and, you know, go back to that, and then you start peeling the layers back. And you start to see, see why you yeah. you feel the way you feel instead of just acting, and then don't even know you know what I'm saying why you acting or just shutting in and, and you know when somebody say something you kind of just you know I know I would just kind of shut down and whatever yeah. and not even realize it you yeah. know what I mean never even realize it. so that that realization that self awareness is such a big key to mental health you know for even somebody to say I need help you have to realize. You know, you have to first be aware enough to say I need help. Yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of people just aren't even aware. Well, how does pride play in that, Kenya? Do, do, does people pride get in the way of them uh, seeking help or what Derek said, admitting that, hey, something's something not right there? Yeah, um, pride, um, like, it, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like certain social norms or uh, what society expects of you uh, contributes to you not seeking mental health. And by the way, people, we're talking to Kenya Young, author, uh, author of The Entanglement of the Mind. Derek's holding that book up to you. So, you know, how does that play into it, Kenya? <laughs> All I know is that I remember going to church. Let me share a story. I remember going to church and they kept saying I had a demon. Now, mind you, I grew up with a demon. So, <laughs> Okay? Like, you done had me at the altar 15 times. Lay hands on you. We're going to pray for this girl right here. <laughs> Out. Ooh, we got to kick you Out. The hell's a bug. I'm sorry, we laughing. Go ahead, Kenya. She tried to talk. Huh? Mm -hmm. What I'm feeling inside when I'm sitting there wanting to kill myself. 
and people don't want to receive help because we're worried about society. No, what's normal? Again, what is normal? I'm normal. Just because I have a chemical imbalance doesn't mean I'm not normal. I just need a little extra help. Mm-hmm. You know, um, now if I would have kept going down that path of not accepting and wanting to hide it so that I could fit in with society, that's not normal. That's abnormal. That's dysfunctional. That's saying, well, I, I want to fit in so bad so you can accept me that I'm going to keep being dysfunctional and then raise dysfunctional kids and wonder why this generation is halfway crazy. <laughs> That's the wrong generation, to be honest with you. Us parents, a lot of us parents, I just might have raising them and being dysfunctional. Tell them, you're just like your daddy, you're just like this. Uh, you remind me of this, you remind me of that, and then wonder why they're acting crazy. Because you don't want to get the help because you want to be normal, whatever the normal is. <laughs> So that's my take on it. Please, 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 please add to that. So, did you have any issues with your loved ones or close family, I mean, close friends, maybe criticizing you, judging you, or, you know, saying stuff to you in a negative way, like, oh, that's just you being crazy, things like that. And if you did, how did you deal with that? I want, but again, growing up in the foster care system, and then I met my real mom, Lord rest her soul, she died two years ago, and I met my real dad, he's still alive. My dad's side of the family was very, very judgmental when I met them, and I wanted their acceptance so bad to die that I would just let them basically mentally abuse me, so it made it worse. They would, they would always say, you're just doing that for attention, there's nothing wrong with you, we don't have that in our family, let me tell you something, I know my family came from my dad's side, okay? <laughs> we might be related. <laughs> All right. So, you know, but what I, I had to pull away from my family for like two years and break free from the spirit of, and that spirit of wanting to be accepted by them so bad. And once I did that, I'm not going to be around them. And I wrote the book and they're all in the book. We Look, this is what it is. And now they praise me, basically. Oh, we're proud of you. Oh, good job. Now you're proud of me? You're my mother. So that's awesome. I get some counseling. And I think it's important for families to come together and get help together on a serious note. Um, so, yes, I did deal with that. And it was very hard because, like I said, I already wanted them to accept me because they didn't raise me. And I was raised by other people. So, yeah, it was it was pretty difficult, that part of my life. That's what's fair. Patrick Boy Cole said, I'm no therapist. But I know that church could be devastating to your mental well-being. Yes. What's up, Miss Veronica Thornton? Yeah, so so many times when you're going through stuff, a lot of people just say, let's just pray about it. Yeah. yeah. But it still is unresolved. And I'm glad that you, you articulated the way you did uh, so people who are going through that. What would you say to someone right now who's probably contemplating suicide? I mean, we're in a pandemic. You got people locked in. You got people who are unemployed, probably can't pay their bills right now, really stressed. What would you say to somebody who's on the, the precipice of probably hurting themselves? First of all, I love you. I know I don't know you, but I love you with my energy and I send light, love, and power your way. And that go if you have to go check yourself, I'm kind of a big advocate. Go get some help. Your life is so important. I know that it may not seem like it, I know that, I mean, I struggled with suicidal ideation for a long time. My daughter, she struggled with it still. Um, you, I just know 
if you have a, a, a value and you are a great asset to this world, and there is nothing that, it, it may seem like it, but there's nothing that you cannot overcome. And think about the things that you've already overcome in this life, that you can overcome this battle, whatever it may be, being without a job, feeling unloved, not loving yourself, whatever it may be that suicide is playing in your mind, it's not worth it. You have too much to live for. Um, and I don't like, you know how people tell people that they're selfish if they do that? I don't tell people that. Because I feel like that, that that's a manipulation. So all I can say is, go get, talk to someone, ASAP, tell someone what you're feeling, and, and let's do something about it. I mean, there's a suicide hotline, I don't have the number, but you can look it up. Um, inbox me, Kenny Young, we can talk. Been there, done that, took, took 16 bottles of pills, had to get my stomach pumped, I'm still here. So. It's not working. Kenya, could you tell people where they can get your book from? Where you get, where they can order your books from? You can actually contact me on Facebook. It's on my website, done, or you can go on Amazon.com. And it's called The Entanglement of the Mind by Kenya R. Young. So again, you can get it on Amazon or you can contact me, Kenya Young, personally on my inbox and I can mail you a copy, a signed copy. I'm telling y'all, check it out, man. It is a very good book, yeah. and uh, I, I, I definitely recommend it. I think it's something that anybody can can tap into, and, and you can you can relate to it, even if you didn't go through yeah. some of those things. There's a lot of things in there that you can really relate to, so I definitely recommend it. We want to thank you, Kenya, for joining us, being on the show. Yeah, we have you. Thank you for, yeah. for joining us. Right, thank you for joining us. That's Kenya R. Young, people. The Entanglement of the Mind. Let me check that out again, mm -hmm. real quick. Mm -hmm. See if y'all can see that. Kenya, do you have Instagram? Give me your Instagram, real I quick. I do have Instagram. My Instagram is speaker at Kenya Young. Speaker at Kenya Young. Y'all go ahead, follow her. Follow her on social. Buy her book. More importantly, buy the book. Thank you, Kenya, for joining us. Thank you. All right, now. All right. Take it easy, Queen. You tapped into the Full Disclosure Show. I'm Daniel My Wins the first. We got Barbara Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and Miss Lisa. Lisa, the little lady of the house. And we're going to go ahead and slide into this next topic, Miss Lisa. Hold on. We got some comments here. Um, Veronica, Veronica said, hey, y'all, sounds like y'all talking about getting help for trauma yet. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, Tr Trisana Staples said www.minddontmatter.com. What's up, Mr. Zana Staples? Ms. Lisa. Yeah, so I had another topic earlier, but I kind of got a phone call, and a friend called me and was telling me a situation, and I just wanted to share it with you guys. So my friend called me and told me that her child was um, going through some issues and was hurting herself. So she called the child's father to talk to him about what's going on. She didn't get a hold of him. Finally, she got a hold of the family members. And the family members was like, okay, well, you know, we can go over to the father's house. They went over to the father's house. And the father talked to the child about 20 minutes. The mother doesn't know what they, the conversation they had because they walked off and the mom stayed with the aunt. So when they come together and, you know, they're all beating up at this tree and talking about, you know, this is, you know, honey, you ain't got to go through this. 
you know, if, if you're feeling some type of way, call me. You know, they're just coming together trying to come up with a plan. So meanwhile, in between time, she says the father is talking about something that didn't have nothing to do with the issue. And, you know, this, the father hasn't been in the child's life. And it's kind of, it's not kind of, it's crazy because the father only lives a couple blocks from the child. He doesn't see the child. He has a whole new girlfriend, you know, so the issues that come with that. So she said prior to this incident, he had called her and asked her for some paperwork from the child because he had got audited. So he need the, he need the information. So the mom's like, you know, no, that's your problem. You know, you shouldn't have done, you shouldn't have claimed the kids. You didn't talk to me about it. So they had that issue. So when they meet up with the father to talk about what's going on with the child, the father's still talking about this paperwork. You know, she says, so she's trying to be cordial about it. She's trying to be mature about it. And, you know, she don't want to wild out the way she wants to because the child's already traumatized. So she's trying to, you know, be an adult. So the father's selling these dreams. You could come over anytime you want to. All you got to do is just call, but the child does. Dad doesn't answer the phone. You know, so she was kind of upset. So she said what sent her was she woke up in the morning time, and there was a text message from the father still talking about this paperwork. So she got upset because she's like, you're texting me about this paperwork, but you're not texting me about your child. You didn't ask how your child's doing. You didn't ask if she's okay. I'm concerned. What do you want to do? What do you need me to do? None, none of that. So she got into it with him, and he's talking, talking crazy, you know. So she was just feeling some type of way, like she's like, I'm just so sick and tired of these crappy ass parents. And it's not just fathers, and it's not just the black thing, you know. I don't. I told her like, you're right. It's not just the black thing. We try to put it. In, a, in our community, it's just a black thing, but it's not a black thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't care if you're black, white, purple, or brown. If you ain't, if you ain't around, you ain't shit. You ain't shit if you ain't around, period. So it doesn't matter. And it don't just stop at fathers. It stops at mothers, too, because I personally know some shitty-ass mothers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was just kind of upset about it because he started to try to criticize her parenting and trying to criticize, you know, she dealt with some mental, some mental issues herself mm -hmm. in her past. Mm -hmm. But like Miss Kenya Young, she's overcame them. You Sir. know what I'm saying? And she's working every day to grow and be a stronger person. And I know the, the woman and I have to give her a props. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So she 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 was okay with me sharing her story. I'm not gonna give no names oh, or nothing yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But you know, she just kind of feels some way because her daughter is dealing with mental issues now, and when she asked her daughter, why are you doing this? The child, you know, they just had a, a loss in the family real close. Mm -hmm. So the child said, you know, because of this person that passed and because my dad's not here. Mm -hmm. And so I just, wanna, I just wanna talk about how you had these parents that constantly deflect from their lack of parenting mm. and how and so it how how this man this person felt as if because his because his family is involved 
that's good enough. <laughs> so because his because the child's grandmother and the child's aunts are all there all the time, that's good enough. And he had all these justifications of why, oh, I'm going to get an apartment closer. Well, you only live three blocks. How close do you want to be? Do you want to live in the house? I don't understand. So my topic is just these shitty-ass parents. Uh, mothers, fathers, grandmothers that are parents of kids, just shitty-ass parents. And coming from not trying, like I said, this is not a black issue, but I'm going to touch on the black issue how can you call yourself being a part of this revolution, but you're not even in your own family? You want to talk about how white supremacy breaks up family, how white people do this and how white people do that. You're not even in your child's life. Mm. So why are you worried about what white people are doing in your child's life when you're not even in your child's mm. life? Mm. So let's not talk about white supremacy <laughs> and and black power and don't all black lives matter long as it's not your child's life you know what i'm saying so don't sit here and criticize your your baby mom or or your baby dad because i know men that have custodies of their kids and their great fathers so mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying we're gonna do this universal so don't shit on the on your on the parent that's taking care of the kid when you ain't even there. I don't care what he or she's doing. If they're not beating the kid or sexually abusing the kid, if they don't, just because they're not buying the kid's name brand clothes or they don't go to the store and buy the clothes, they might have to go to Goodwill to get clothes or because they on welfare or what have you, that's no reason to shit on your, on your baby mom, baby dad. Like, you're a piece of shit. And that's just how it is. Right. And I don't care if you're the father or if you're the mother. You are a piece of shit. And that's just what it is. And, I, and I'm able to say that you're a piece of shit because I fit in this category. My kid is father. Sorry, facts, you're a piece of shit. And that's just what it is. And... And so, I mean... Shots fired! That's just what it is. I can't... That just irks me to my soul. Like, she, my friend was very upset about this, and, yeah. you know, she don't feel comfortable coming on, but, girl, your baby dad is a piece of shit. Yeah, Veronica Thornton said, that's a damaged, that's, that's a damaged uh, man that doesn't see he has an issue. Yep. She can't make him know how to be a father. Susanna Sable said, exactly, Lisa. And this, and, you know, we know in our community, you know, we have, we have shattered, you know, mm. some of our families are shattered and we know that some black men don't know how to be a father because they didn't have that. And same as women, women don't know how to be mothers because they don't, their mother may not have been around, but we're going to talk about fathers. So, and just because you don't know how to be a father and you may not have had that father figure in your life, that doesn't give you justification, that doesn't give you right to be the piece of shit father that you are. Exactly. Some, you got to break that cycle, especially if you're the one talking about white supremacy, black lives matter, and revolution and all that, but yet you're not doing what... You're falling right, right into the mm -hmm. white supremacy, say, practice what you white man's oh. trap. Oh. You're not who oh. you post. Right, so get off Facebook, post, uh, copy and paste it and share somebody else's post because you don't fit the description. Mm. I digress. Mm. Mm.
Hey, I think you hit a lot of stuff on the head. I, you know, I think that goes both ways. See, I, I've experienced it from the other side. Yeah. You know, so I, everything you said, I can say from a male perspective. You know, uh, hell, I just watched a movie called Child Support today. Pretty decent movie. I mean, it was an independent movie. Pretty decent movie. And where mom was just using the baby as a pawn. And mothers do that. And 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 like I said, this refers to you piece of shit ass mothers because I personally know some piece of shit ass mothers. There's no way that your child don't feel comfortable coming to you, talking to you about nothing, and y'all have lived your whole life. How do you have kids? How do you have kids and you get a man? You start a whole life with this man and leave your kids. You and this man move into a new house and you leave your kids in the projects in the project house, but you and this man get mm. this house. What type of mother are you? You're not even a mother. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, there are piece of shit ass mothers. Well, you know, because it's common, right? Okay, uh, go out and get into this. Patrick uh, Boy Cole said, "This is a rant, but I love it." <laughs> Veronica Thornton said, "Part of the issue is that there is so much trauma." In the LBC, I am like, so much trauma that so many are damaged and don't know how to be parents. People have to start with the person in the mirror. There are so many issues in our community that affect the thinking and reasoning skills that have been <clears throat> dealt with. It's like Pandora's box. Veronica Thornton went on to say, but that's also splitting hairs because if a person is fighting for the revolution, they may realize that they are messed up and want to start with changing a system because it's either the, it's easier than fighting yourself. Yep. You, yep, you, you, you focus on something on the outside instead of that self Man, you know, I, I use an example. Now, it, it can happen even in wealthy families. I, I happen to know um, the, the white family and uh, they, they made this invention that um, helped have a lot of fun at amusement parks. And he ended up getting married and moving away overseas. He with another girl. Don't even communicate with his family. He's wealthy beyond his his wildest dreams, but he didn't do anything for the kids here. Now they have other siblings that they don't know that's having better lives than they ever dreamt of. Mm -hmm. How do you explain that to your kids? You know, you're talking about crappy parents. I mean, that's even crappier. You to, know to what? Know. So I got a situation. I know somebody in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Then went to a whole other state, had... Many a kids with a whole nother woman, and them kids is living pretty decent life. Wait a minute, the plot thickens. So then the child goes down to where the father is at. Surprise, surprise! And you want to know what's even more shitty? The father don't even fuck with the kid, and the kid is in the same, the same building, same apartment building, and you don't even fuck with the kid. Now how shitty is that? What type of shit are you? Wait a minute. What's even worse, I'm sorry, y'all. What's even worse is the spouse. How can you be, how can women, women, please leave your comments, inbox us, let me know. And if you do this, I really want to know if you do this. How do you lay up with a man that has kids and he don't take care of them? Men, how do you lay up with, a women, with women that don't have their kids but you laying up, getting getting all up in the guts and all that extra, and you ain't, and they don't take care of their kids. How do you feel about that? Especially coming from a woman's perspective, if you have kids and they don't take, and you're a single mother, how do you do that? 
And Veronica Thorne went on to say, but uh, that's also splitting hairs because if a person yeah, is fighting... Did you read that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I apologize. Um, so, you know, I think those are good points. Um, and I see that as, as a very... Um, it's a raw point for you. <laughs> yes, it is. But I've been I've been on the other side. You know, all, all I can tell you is you got to be there for these these children. If you're not involved in your children's life, or, or you're being crappy to them and good to someone else's kids, it's not yours, or good to another set of kids, it's really not fair. Um, eventually, one day you're gonna be old, and you don't need somebody to care for you, mm. and then you're gonna be reaching out to those kids. I mean, this is what's happening with my father. You know, I'm. If you want to talk about personal stuff, I'm with my father, uh, who's 75 years old now. And, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit older. He's, he's having health issues the whole night. So I'm, I'm trying to get him a suit so he can go to his girlfriend's burial. And uh, he's telling me this story about how he had a girlfriend and she had a son. He loved that son like his own son. Now, mind you, he's never been in my life. Uh, Derek, you've been knowing me now for uh, over 36 years. How many times have you seen my father? Recently, I've seen him a couple of times. Because he's sick now. He but I'm not talking about when he was growing I up. I never saw him. Okay, so my point exactly. I'm in the car with my father, he tells me he broke up with that girl that had the son, but he kept a relationship with that son. He had a new girlfriend, and a new girlfriend didn't want him seeing his ex-girlfriend's son anymore. He said, I had to tell her, Ain't nothing gonna keep me away from my kids. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Real talk. Like, I was put his old ass out, threw him out with his walker in his wheelchair. Like, bro, you can go ahead. You can touch gravel. Please don't ever tell your kids that you abandoned, that you would never let a woman keep you between your kids. Because my mother didn't try to keep you away from you, keep us away from you, but you didn't see us. So I think that these people create a fantasy mind in their head and why they don't do it. Mm-hmm. I know people who say, oh, we got in one argument. You got an argument with your child and you won't see your child? I'm like, come on, man, that's a cop-out. Yep. So it, it makes it easier for people not to accept responsibility. Let's just get it out the way. I feel like it's a special type of energy for those piece of shit-ass people. Special type of stupid. Special type of stupid. <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. D, you ain't saying that. Well, uh, you know... Unfortunately, man, you know, too many times I've seen, you know, in my own life, friends of mine I grew up with, you know, you know, we just mentioned your story, Rich. A lot of us didn't have fathers in our life. Like, father was like the boogeyman in our neighborhood a lot of times. You know, you would hear somebody's dad was coming to get them. You know, your dad coming to get you. We all oh, went to the house. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like an event. Like we was about to, and, and then they don't show up and then you sitting there with Shout like, out to Mr. Ferris and, 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 and then Mr. the father and, and John Rankin, who was, John who was a father who, who took who raised me from a boy to a man. Those so are, I always had a father with yeah. my biological yeah. father. But you know, it was like the boogeyman. You know, when, you know, I remember a friend of mine's father was supposed to be taking us to Giaga Lake. And, you know, it was like, oh, your dad about to take a job. Yeah, we, we going to take us. You know, we all, you know, you remember, Jack, you get up 5 o'clock in the morning because you want to leave at 7 because it's a long ride. And we sitting there at 10, sitting there at 11. You know, and you looking at him like, damn, man, you know, dad ain't show up. But can't nobody else, you know. So I've seen it, and it, I've seen the the devastation that that leaves in people's, in people's lives. You know what I mean? Speaking for myself. When uh, she was talking about that rejection, you know, I never, you know, 
me personally, I never thought that me, my father being in my life, not being in my life affected me. I just figured like you can't miss what you never had, you know? So I never thought it affected me. I thought it was, but you know, as I got older, I realized that if a parent rejects you, that affects you greatly. I didn't know it. I didn't realize, but when you being rejected, and my, even though my father didn't verbally say, I don't want to fuck with you, but he didn't, he wasn't there, period. You know what I mean? So that was rejection. So, and then I had to understand how rejection affected me throughout my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It prevented me from doing some things because I didn't want to be rejected. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I didn't realize how this mechanism works. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So, and the, and, the, and the see, like, I made this point. Shout out to my man, Jerome Newman, Rummy Rome, who watches the show. Great father. You know Great what I mean? Father. And we had the conversation. And uh, I just, you know, my son has a podcast, you know, shout out to Blunt Thoughts. Hey, and I that. sit there and yeah. I watch my son give give all this wisdom and knowledge at 21 that. that, you know, I, myself, and Rich and us were able to impart to him that we had to stumble up on for 30-something years trying to figure out, bumping our heads in the dark, falling and getting up that we didn't have, you know yeah. what I mean? Things that we had to learn, like you trying to, there's no excuse, man, trying to be MR, just be there. Being a good father just means being there. F- figure everything out later. Just be in that child's life. That child will tell you how to be a father. You know what I mean? That child will tell you how to be a mother. That child will tell you yeah. what it needs. And then you it's go so and you provide. You, you know, you. If, but if you're not there, there's nowhere for you to know. You know, like you said, like you said, you, there's nowhere for you to know what's going on in this child's life. You know, you can have, you got somebody, you got a, another man over your daughter. You have some, you know, and you don't even know. You don't even know what's going on. So if your kid's mind was going problems, going crazy, whatever, whatever, or, or it was some abuse going on, how are you to know if you're not there? And if the woman got mental issues, what type of parent are you for you to let your child be there? When your when your baby mom, baby dad got mental issues, like you don't think it's a good idea for you to step in and get your child <laughs> if, your, if your baby mom, baby dad is bipolar, uh, hear voices or whatever the hell the issue is. You you just you just can't be self centered, man. You have to be there for a child. It's not about financial financially. No, it's not. It's just about being in that yeah. child's life, and that child will navigate you. Into what they need and what you need to do, but if you're not around, and then and you're raising somebody else's, you just you know you can't do that. You know it's hard. And it, it, you leave a lot. You leave a lot of people have holes in their soul because you know what happens with their parents right? and how they've been abandoned or, or different things. Like you know me personally, you know to share with my you know I ne- I didn't know where my father was at. You know what I mean, but. My brothers, we didn't have the same dad. They, their dad was right there at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Their dad had a family. They had a sister that he was there taking care of. Mm-hmm. So, like, I seen that section of it, too. Like, you know, I know where my I can go to my dad's house. My dad know where I'm at. I don't know if my dad knew where I was at. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, it's a hard thing, man. It's so hard on the child. We don't, the ramifications of the damage is done, you won't see. Mm-hmm. To years, years later. later, so yeah. you know, and and so don't yeah, and and another thing to your point, don't be out here just criticizing the young generation. Yeah, all oh, these young these young generations is this, and these young generations is that. Well, and you got a child out here that you don't see, 
You know what I mean? You know, come on. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't you can't do it because I see the young generation out here doing his thing. You know what I mean? I see you you look at these rallies, who do you see? You know what I mean? These are the millennials that y'all want to criticize now and the ones that ain't out here, a lot of times the one whose parents wasn't there. You know what I mean? And now it's not a death sentence. But you know it it it's, it can be it's difficult. It's difficult on the child. It's difficult on the parent that is there. You know it's difficult on the parent's family. You know it's just it's, it can be hard on everybody. You know you need a, you need the village to raise a child. Say that everybody needs to get into it, and the parents especially. Hey, what they say? It it takes a village to raise a child, and the child doesn't feel love from that village. He'll yeah, burn that yeah. village down to feel that warmth. Yeah. 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 <coughs> Patrick Bubba Boy Cole just reiterated, the younger generation is a product of us. Exactly. So you can't criticize them because if they're that way, they're that way for a reason. For it's, a reason. Because we, it's because we failed. But I've always said this. I mean, this young generation, no matter what, I've always told y'all how dope they are. You know, we talk about, you know, you hear people say we can't get together, we can't do this. So this young generation doing it. They find ways to buy from each other. They find ways to support each other. And some of these might be in spite of having crappy parents, you know, a mother who might not have been there, a father who might not have been there. Sometimes parents are there and still apathetic. You know, just because somebody is there, is, is present, don't mean that they're there. You got perfect attendance and still get Fs. Yeah, which is mind-blowing to me. You tapped into the Full Disclosure Show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first, Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and Miss Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. Let me read this comment before we move on to the social media post of the week. Trezana Staples says, sometimes we must cleanse the toxicity caused by the parents. Yes, indeed. Yes, we do. I want to read this comment from Jerome Jackson. Today is his daughter's birthday. Happy birthday. She turned 16. Happy birthday. 16. Hey, that that's 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 beautiful. You know, just seeing that kids have birthday. Oh, I thought that, you that was it. Oh, she was saying happy birthday to him. Okay, we do have something. Uh, oh yeah, you said that D. Sometimes we must yeah. uh, cleanse the toxicity. You got all that. Hey man, our viewers are bomb. I got another comment from Michael A. Peoples. He said, "Plus, a lot of these crappy parents are the way, are this way because they didn't plan." plan on being parents in the first place. It's like being at a job that you you did not apply for nor <laughs> had any experience <laughs> to execute or even want. Well you shouldn't have walked in yeah. with the job application filled out, right? Hey what the what the what's furious, what the furious, what's furious what furious style say? You know what I mean? You could you could, you, if you man enough to stick your dick in her, you better be man enough to make a to, to be a father. You know, right. paraphrase. Veronica Thornton said, went on to say, it is up to each individual to improve their family situation, That's break true. the chain. Charity starts at home. You yeah. can't start no revolution if you, unless you start the revolution right there with the child, you know, with the family. You tapped there to the full disclosure show. We're going to go ahead and get into the social media post of the week. Hey, man, I'm going to make it quick. We're going we gonna to run through this quick. So well, we're talking about Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it has uh, most of the records in the NFL and the ones that he don't have, he's, he's on the heels of getting. Uh, he's won the Super Bowl down there. He's beloved by the fans. He's a fan favorite. However, um, back in 2016, Drew Brees made some comments regarding Colin Kaepernick's uh, silent protest against pl- police brutality in the United States. 
just recently we just had the uh, unfortunate death uh, murder of George Floyd, which has caused uh, all the uprising and riots that are going on now in 2020. Uh, Drew Brees went on to say recently that he doesn't care what's going on, he'll never ever respect or understand the disrespect toward the American flag when it comes to kneeling. And that he had two grandfathers fighting World War II. So whenever he sees someone kneeling and disrespecting the flag, <coughs> it's like a punch in the gut, basically, uh, to his grandfather's a slap in the face. Then there was a big backlash. You know, I add to that real quickly, Drew Brees, my father fought, my grandfather fought in World War II. And when he came home, he didn't get the GI Bill like I, I suppose your grandfather's got. The GI Bill is the bill that actually built what we call the suburbs now. So it gave a whole bunch of white folks that fought in war an opportunity to get a head start in life. Not only did they have their job at the, the plants that they, they made good money for, turning the wrench or whatever, uh, through unions that excluded black people, uh, they also had uh, the GI Bill in which they could go to a bank and get something. At that time, redlining was real hard and the fact they just wouldn't honor it. And I, I've explained on this show in a very teary-eyed uh, tyrant one uh, tirade one day that my grandfather started drinking. I don't know if that was what contributed to it, but I know there was a decline. He wanted to do better for his family. He fought for this country. He deserved to have a better life. We understand that there was black men that got off both in World War One and World War Two. If you got off with your uniform, they killed you. They beat you. They beat you in this country. You fought for the freedom of this country, but you came back to no hero's welcome. They wanted to let you know where you stood with this country. So you want us to have the same reverence for the flag that you have, Drew Brees? You know, I'm very disappointed, especially for a man that works in an industry that's 75% black men. I thought that you would have a different temperament. These You go to war every day with these people. They're protecting your life. They, they, they your left guard protecting your back. You know what I'm saying? And, the, and you out here, you saying this, you don't have, to me, this is willful ignorance or willful blindness, what have you. Because you see what these people talk about in locker room. You hear what these people talk about in locker room. And when it comes to racism with police brutality, uh, you know, I've talked to certain people who didn't understand what the kneel was about. And I told them it was about police brutality. And I had a woman, she told me, she said, well, why don't they say that? I said, they did say it. You just watch Fox News. They're not gonna put that narrative out. Her father actually fought in World War II he got shot down. Everybody in his regiment died except for him. He lived to 95, but he lived with this guilt, the survivor's guilt, that he should have died with his brothers. But when, when the kneeling took place, she felt like it was disrespect against the flag. Then you had Charlottesville, where you had these people marching with tiki torches and, and swastikas and, and the Dixie flag and the whole nine, you know. And I said, you don't feel anything with that? Who shot your grandfather down? Was it Colin Kaepernick kneeling in the NFL or was it Nazis? She said it was Nazis. I said, so why do you have a stronger reaction to black men taking a knee against tyranny and oppression than you do against white folks carrying around these swastikas and, and, and putting in an ideology that almost destroyed your own father? She had no answer for it because what you see with Drew Brees and people of that ilk who when you say black lives matter, they come back, all lives matter. Blue Lives Matter. That's basically just saying, shut the F up, nigga. You know? And what it is, is it's not a rebellion 
necessarily against your stance, it's a rebellion against your color. And they don't even understand why they feel this way. You need to really study history to understand this. Now, I wanted to take you to Drew Brees' original comments, but he did issue an apology afterwards after he got a backlash of what he said. This is about one minute. I'm going to go ahead and try to uh, cue this up and play this for y'all real quick. Let me see if I can do this. I'm going to share it with the people, y'all. Can I share this with you? You'll probably hear his voice more than you see his face. One minute, but forgive me. Really? All right, you know, gotta go Tokyo tires. <laughs> you tapped right. in, till we go? Yeah, we good. We, good. we should be good. I know there's not much that I can say. Stop it there. He didn't even get George Floyd name right, George Ford order. So that to, to me at that point, Drew, you know, that was an apology. That was that was, that was a couple of So Lisa, I'm gonna go with you. I mean, how do you feel about his comments, his sentiments, and his apology? Well, I'm not too familiar with this Drew Brees character. This is what I just found out about him. Mm-hmm. Um, when he did this, um, I, I kind of, not kind of, I have a, a straight, no nonsense bullshit when it comes to this type of shit, when it comes to the rich and famous. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I have a hard time believing that somebody white and rich doesn't realize that racism is a part of America. Miss me with that shit. So, it always kills me how they'll you have been in america for how long you are a celebrity you are known you are in the public you are part of social media so i know you have seen in past timing all these bullshit ass comments that people have said in the backlash on what these what people have said so for somebody else to come out and say this that whatever about something that has to do with racism and a negative light or these riots or not riots, these protests or something, it's just beyond me because you already know what's going on. So for you to sit there and say, oh, didn't mean to say that, is bullshit. Very disingenuous. So, and then you didn't even get the man's right name right. So, what do you mean? You're sorry. You know, you're only sorry because it's messing with your money. You're sorry because you got caught. Right. So all this, I'm sorry, and when all these, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I didn't know what I was saying. I had to educate myself. Well, he said it twice. He said it in 2016. Well, he didn't. So you're stupid. You were stupid then. You're stupid now. You're still stupid. You didn't step in to educate yourself. So that was just a celebrities say shit like that. I don't have no empathy. I can have more empathy for the man next door saying something ignorant like that. And it's hard for me to even give past the neighbor because you know everything that's going on. 
Well, you know, these people are trained, coached. Yeah. Uh, they're they're well versed in what to yep. say to the media. You said that for a reason. He said yeah. that for a reason, and I think that's post career. I think he set himself up post career. Fox News desk, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing. He's only apologizing now because of that pressure. Yeah. I think, it, like you said, it, it, at this point, we don't want it. I'm good. At least, at least I know where I stand with you. Yeah. Let me just get that out. I'll, you know, if you if you have racism in you and you got long-standing thoughts, that's you. I can't try to change your mind. But I appreciate you letting me know where I stand so I won't ever waste my breath and spend the time talking to you. Yep. I don't need to appeal to you. And hopefully we as a people don't have to do that. Real quick, D, before you say anything, let me just say this. I want to give a shout-out to all the young brothers and sisters that got out and y'all stood up and you, you had your protest. That's what you do. Young people move shit in this country. You know, yeah, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, America Evers, who have you, Stokely Carmichael. You know, those were so they were all young when they were doing it. But you know what really changed the movement is when they bombed the four church girls. It's young people, it's the influence that you have as youth. And let me tell you this you had all fifty states have a protest. Not just states that had a black population. You had it in Montana, you had it in North Dakota, you 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 had it in places Black people like, I don't even know where that is. Right. But they did it. You had it in Norway. You had it in, in like 18, maybe 30 other countries. We, I always felt we were alone in this war. And a lot of people don't even realize you're in a war. This is a war you're in. Literally. You just, you grew up in it so it doesn't feel like it. But that's the hostility you've been feeling. And everybody has known you in it, but they didn't care. I just want to give a shout out to everybody who didn't have to get up. And went out and stood up for something. And stood up with us as your brothers, as your sisters. We want to say thank you. Now we have to move that conversation forward. Drew Brees, you made us take a few steps backwards. And I always liked you. I've always liked the Saints. I've always liked Drew Brees. And I, this, not, this don't mean I hate you. This just means I know where you stand. And I respect where you stand. I would have respected you more if you pulled a Donald Trump and you didn't even apologize. There. <laughs> well, we got uh, Ronald Thornton said for the last, she said, if a generation doesn't improve, it's because they choose not to. And then Trezana Stable said, exactly, Baba Drew Brees is totally out of touch. He is speaking from his white privilege. Patrick Bubba Boy Cole said, white people in this country is having a hard time believing that our government facilitated the separate Separation between white and black people. Veronica said it's a condition called a luxury of obliviousness. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I like that. Trezana Stable said it is a global movement. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> so, yes. you know, to touch, to, to kind of throw everybody in the bucket almost, Drew Brees, I don't know if you know about the, uh, the Nick Fangio, Vince Fangio, the coach of the uh, Denver Broncos, who said he doesn't see racism, racism in, in the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Candace Owens, who went on oh. a rant about, no break. You know, I mean, but, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I just want to, because my problem with people who want to criticize the protest but don't want to say shit about what happened. You know what I mean? We don't want, we want to avoid what ha- what actually caused the protest. The whole thing about Kaepernick, now everybody's looking dumb because Kaepernick was saying, you know. 
police are out here killing our killing us in the streets and I don't know what else I can I don't know what to do. So this is how I'm going to try to bring attention to this subject. How could he have been more peaceful? Exactly. Uh, it, there was an uh, actual uh, Vietnam, uh, not a Vietnam, but a veteran who actually suggested that he, he kneel. Okay, so yeah. and so when all this was going on, all of a sudden the whole thing was hijacked. It's about the flag. It's about the troops. Uh, somehow we're dis- somehow the troops are getting disrespected. You know, somehow and. To go back to Drew Brees' comments, you know, you talked about his grandfather. You know, you talked about how the flag, you have to be, you have to be blind to not realize that the flag means different things to different mm-hmm. people. To a, a, per, a black man who fought just as valiantly in a war to come home and get spit on and still had to go through uh, apartheid, basically, you know, segregation. Can't sit here, can't do this, can't get the same benefits. Like you don't, you you know, and they turn a blind eye to it. So you know, now it's like, oh, you know, we we can't disrespect the flag, but you know what like, I mean? Like, oh, maybe those niggers did have a point. You know, it's it's just it, it it really is. And you know, I know I know Drew Brees is a Republican, but you know, I know Drew Brees has done a lot. You know, I know he was. He was a uh, front and center in Katrina, Katrina when Katrina went down, he rebuild, and so. he, yeah, he was he was big in that. You know, he's he's big in philanthropy. He does a lot in in the, in the community to, to help people, and so I don't think he was being. I don't think he was being intensely, but 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 uh, the, the, the white privilege that, that that you know when you insulated, there's a lot of things you just don't you don't see it because you don't want to see it. So your luxury point is, of the uh, luxury of obliviousness, and that's what it has. You know uh, uh, what they say: uh, uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, and, and he's swimming in it. I swimming think he's in just it. An asshole. But you know what? What well, we saw, we we saw an uprising against the oppression. I think people are realizing, like before, when you were telling people, "This is racism in here." It felt like you were saying you making it because you white. The only reason why you making it is because you white. We understand certain white people have to work as hard, just as hard. Don't get me wrong, but your color isn't the reason why you may be kept down. That's the difference. You know. I mean, we just not to cut you off, Rich, but no, go ahead. I watched you the movie Vice. You suggested. And when, oh, did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, and Talk to they you. talked about Dick Cheney, who was the vice president, and this dude was a a, a, a drunk. He was drunk. He had DUI, got kicked out of school. His wife was oh, getting... Oh, you talking about George Bush? No, no, the, the uh, vice president. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, His, yeah no, him. he was a drunk. He was kicked out yeah. of school. He was... Uh, we got kicked out of our Zoom meeting for whatever reason, but... Uh, he, he was kicked out of school. He was an alcoholic. He had several DUIs. And when, when, once he got... And he still got grandfather in Washington, D.C. And, and they knew about all that stuff, and they chose not to. Not to... Uh, Deal with it, you know what I mean? Because he was a white guy, you know. And it's like, well, we know you got this and you got that, but it's okay. You're white, you know what I mean? We we just gonna pass you along. Whereas if a brother had the DUI, you might as well forget it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So uh, let me let me see. Uh, I got some comments over here. Go ahead and read them. We got some more comments right here. Michael people said, well, the media started the nonsense of the flag being disrespected, and some folks just latched on. He went on to say, 
what I don't understand is is just how it's merely disrespectful to the flag. When a man proposes to a woman, what does he do? He shows the ring and what else? Takes a knee. Kneeling is actually considered an honorable act. He lastly said Drew Brees was just trying to spin the media optics in his favor. With the apology. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Patrick Bubbleboy Co. said, I hate it when a white celebrity that I'm a fan of turns out to be racist. Very disappointed. I always assume that they are racist. <laughs> I mean, I just do. I mean, right. you know, I'll be surprised if they don't be. Like, shout, out to, shout out to Pop, man. Greg uh, Popovich, the coach of the Spurs. Oh, always he been yeah. And he's always said, he's always been in front of the curve. You know what I mean? Uh, Trezana Stable said, thanks to COVID-19, they got that ball moving by making folks sit at home. Patrick Bubble Boy Cole said they have the skin tone to make it in the end zone. Veronica like <laughs> Thornton says, sitting at home like that made people think about what they value in life and ask themselves, what do they really stand for? <laughs> they got the skin tone to, to make it to, it to the end zone. zone. Hey, man, we want to thank everybody, that. man, for joining in on the show again. It was a great show, great energy. Thank, thanks, Kenya Young, for joining in. Yeah, Let me put that book out here one more time. Y'all it's check that out, man. Yeah, put yeah. that out there. Y'all cop that for real. It's a good book. Yeah, y'all, that entanglement of the mind. Yes, indeed. Kenya yes, Young. indeed. And uh, we, we love having guests, man. Hit us up. Inbox any of us. If you want to be on the show, let us know. And uh, Anywhere in the world. Yeah, anywhere. You could be anywhere in the world. Just we hit. get you on. Let us know. Say that. So, uh, again, man. Thank y'all. Appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It's all love all day. Tell the people in your life you love them because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And Lisa, Lisa, you got something you want to tell them to do? Oh, wait. It's, I want to it's, dro- sure, it's dropping. I'm sorry. Make sure y'all it, stay royal. That's all right. We still going on my, yes, on my live. Make sure y'all stay royal. Make sure y'all log into Oral Royalty. Pick out your stuff. Pick out your gifts inbox me i know some holidays coming up what holiday is coming up the fourth of july yeah we not, we, <laughs> i don't do fourth of july so call somebody else we'll make you a red white and blue table how about that <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> peace hey true truth be told that that's kind of hey if you go, if go by you